0: You may have noticed something at all these protests over police violence. There are a lot more white people there than you'd expect. But how long will that last? This awakening among white American voters. How far are they really willing to go beyond dethroning Trump? Adam Serwer on Race and Lessons from History. Listen and subscribe to It's Been a Minute from NPR.
1: So about a year ago, I was at the NPR vending machine getting my afternoon sugar fix. And I met this Mexican guy and we started to talk about music.
0: And I met a young Argentinian woman, and the music we were talking about was rock in Espanol, Latin Alternative, all these bands that we don't hear on the air.
1: And we were like, wouldn't it be awesome if we did a show about this?
0: This is Alt Latino, NPR's new show about Latin Alternative music. My name is Felix Contreras,
1: and I'm Jasmine Garst, and today we're going to talk about music and soccer.
0: That was 10 years ago this month, the very first Alt-Latino program on June 15, 2010. From NPR Music, this is Alt-Latino in 2020, and I'm on the line with Jasmine Garst. Jasmine, welcome back. Ten years, man.
1: We're here we are in the dystopian future. Literally. (laughs) If if we had said if like back then when we recorded this, we had said um there's going to be a pandemic, everyone's gonna be on lockdown, everyone will have to wear masks outdoors. Uh oh, a reality show star is gonna be president. I think we would have not believed it.
0: We will have thought, yeah, sure.
1: Yeah, right.
0: But that is the reality.
1: That is the reality. What a weird time to look back to 10 years ago. No?
0: Well, it's also an interesting time to look back because it it allows us to reorient, to recalibrate, right? Like, okay, this is is why we're doing this. This is why we started it. And this is what we have to offer, especially right now during this time. I think maybe that it's, you know, we're at a point where no matter what we're doing in the media and where we're working, we're able to offer insight and input into to help people get through whatever we're experiencing right now. So maybe it is a good time to look back.
1: Yeah. I always think that if like a marketing executive has had sat down in a lab and said, "Okay, let's create a show that will attract a Latino audience. They definitely wouldn't have thought of a Mexican-American guy from Fresno who plays jazz and a Jewish Argentine woman. They wouldn't have thought of that. But at the same time, I think the the complexity and the nuance of and the guests we had, you know, we focused so much on like Afro-Latino musicians and figures and, you know, indigenous creators and No, that's not something that could have been born out of anything other than a real love for the culture and the cultures.
0: So here's what we're going to do today. We're going to play the entire first show uh, from June 15, 2010. It's only 15 minutes
1: long, more or less. Right.
0: Then we're going to take a break. I have a couple questions for you. We'll talk a little bit. And, And then we have a special treat. I still have the pilot that we used probably (laughs) 10, 10, like 11, 12 years ago, because it took us a while to get this going. I still have the pilot that uh, we produced to pitch the idea, and we're going to close the show out with the pilot. Sweet. So let's start with the very first show. You're going to hear that intro again. That was published on the NPR Music website. Wow. Right? This is Alt Latino, the very first show.
1: So about a year ago, I was at the NPR vending machine getting my afternoon sugar fix. And I met this Mexican guy. And we started to talk about music.
0: And I met a young Argentinian woman. And the music we were talking about was rock in Espanol, Latin alternative, all these bands that we don't hear on the air.
1: And we were like, wouldn't it be awesome if we did a show about this?
0: This is Alt Latino, NPR's new show about Latin alternative music my name is Felix Contreras
1: and I'm Jasmine Garst and today we're gonna talk about music and soccer
0: and we're also gonna have an interview with Colombian musician Juanes Jasmine did an interview with him directly from Johannesburg South Africa at the opening ceremonies of the World Cup but first music and soccer
1: music and soccer go together hand-in-hand the World Cup actually always has an official song about soccer unfortunately they tend to be pretty bland and forgettable Uh,
0: I think you said they suck
1: I said that off mic. Thanks for letting everyone know. Of
0: course, of course. I think it's because it doesn't sound like you're sitting in a stadium drinking, doing the wave, being rambunctious. Take the official song for the 2006 World Cup, for example. Here's Tony Braxton and Il Divo singing The Time of Our Lives. For
2: the
1: lifetime of hard words that runs here to Oh, give me a break. I mean, soccer fans are notoriously rowdy and rambunctious. They're they're the most passionate fans of all sports. I okay, I'm gonna make one exception.
0: An exception to the rule that the official songs don't cut it?
1: I have two words for you. Ricky Martin. Yeah, Ricky. That was La Copa de la Vida, the Cup of Life, from the 1998 World Cup.
0: There are plenty of unofficial songs about soccer that rock. First up, Santa Maradona by the French-Spanish group Mano Negra. It's about Argentine soccer star Diego Maradona, and basically the song says he's the patron saint of soccer, Santa Maradona. Incidentally, he's now the coach of the Argentine national team. Jasmine, why'd you pick this song?
1: Well Felix, pretty much everyone I've spoken to agrees that this is the unofficial soccer anthem of the world. I grew up next to a soccer stadium in Buenos Aires. This song is like being at a soccer game. The beating of the drums, the sound of the crowds, the chanting, it's the adrenaline rush of watching a game from the bleachers.
0: Oh, I like the way they have the stadium noise in this. This is very cool.
1: By the mid-90s, the band Mano Negra broke up, and lead singer Manu Chao went on to have a very successful solo career. He continued singing about soccer and about Diego Maradona. This is La Vida Tombola, which means life is a lottery.
0: It's a lot more mellow. It's even melancholy, I think, because the song gives a darker picture of the rock star lifestyle that some of these soccer players met. We're talking about songs about soccer that rock, and so far we've mentioned Manu Chao and his odes to Argentine soccer icon Diego Maradona. Let's move on to one of the top contenders to win this current World Cup, Brazil.
1: Well, next we have Ponta de Lanza Africano, Umba Barauma, from Brazilian singer Jorge Ben. Um,
0: what, what? What was the thing? The name you said after Africano?
1: Umba Barauma. It's the name of the African soccer player that Jorge Ben is singing about. Check out this guitar work and the percussion and the girl choir. It kind of sounds like Shaft playing soccer. <laughs> Babara We're talking about great songs about soccer. And so far, Felix, I've heard very macho, testosterone-filled songs. You know, women also sing about soccer. Really? Yes. (laughs) We're going to stay in Brazil for now. Here's Porto Alegre native Elise Regina. Her voice is so sexy, so playful. It really does contrast with some of the beer guzzling dudes we've had so far <laughs> here she is singing gilberto gil's meio de campo which means midfielder
2: prezado amigo afonsini eu continuo aqui mesmo a aperfeiçoando o imperfeito tanto tempo dando um jeito desprezando a perfeição que a perfeição é uma meta dependida pelo goleiro que joga na seleção e eu não sou pelé nem nada sigo muito por
1: you know, Felix, this song tells a really interesting story about the life of Afoncinho, an amazing Brazilian midfielder from back in the 70s who got blacklisted from soccer because of his opposition to the country's ruling military dictatorship. Aperfeiçoando imperfeito, dando tempo, jeito
2: Desprezando a perfeição, que a perfeição pelo goleiro que joga na seleção.
1: Felix, so far we've only discussed Latin American songs. So let's kick the ball to another continent.
0: Okay, that's cute. Go ahead.
1: Next we have Holigan by Turkish ska punk band Athena. Now this is an anthem about undying love for one's team, no matter how the team is actually performing. It reminds me of my dad, whose soccer team, which will not be named in a public forum, has not won a championship in decades. So, puppy, if you're listening, I'm sorry, but it's true. But he does still follow the team with so much passion. Felix, that's what I call soccer martyrdom. <laughs>
0: we're talking about great songs about soccer and so far all of the songs we picked are about the love of soccer but next we have the Irish band The Hitchers with a song about the dreaded girlfriend who <laughs> hates soccer.
1: Wait, it's not just girlfriends, Felix. I had a boyfriend who had zero interest in soccer.
0: Uh, how did that turn out?
1: Let's just say it ended very badly. Okay,
0: okay I'm sorry. I'm sorry I brought it up.
1: In this song, lead singer Andy Gallagher sings about a girlfriend who waits until the game begins to pick a fight. Oh no. That's really annoying. She sounds unbearable. This is my favorite part of the song. She
2: waited for the match to start to start a fight up with me. She said, what's that you're watching? It's a programme about art. She said, a programme about art. I said, a programme about art. And then the greatest midfield artist of them all walked out onto the park. The crowd were on their feet and they whistled and they cheered. For the tiny wee Scotsman
0: We've been talking about great soccer songs, and the last pick takes us back to Mexico with the band Maldita Vecindad and their song Fut Callejero, Pura Diversion. And it's about no matter how exciting the World Cup might be, nothing beats kicking the ball around with your homies, your cuates, your boys. I don't know. Those were our picks of songs about soccer. Now, here's someone else who's been thinking about soccer and music, Colombian singer Juanes. He performed at the opening ceremonies of the World Cup in South Africa, and Jasmine spoke to him by phone backstage in between rehearsals for that performance. To listen to this entire interview in Spanish, go to our website at npr.org slash music.
1: Juanes, first of all, thank you for taking the time to talk to us. What's it like there in South Africa right now?
2: Well,
3: the environment here in South Africa is spectacular. From the moment we arrived at the airport, people here in South Africa have these smiles on their face, this super positive energy. I think it's going to be a very important boost for this continent, so people really show that people here are really happy, polite, very enthusiastic. I'm really impressed by the people here.
1: Are there just fans everywhere?
2: Absolutely.
3: When I got into the airport, there were Chilean fans, Argentine fans. In the street, you could see all the different flags from different countries, the cars, the people, people playing drums everywhere on the street. I mean, it's really one big party.
1: Tell me, um, what do you think music's role in soccer is?
3: Well, I think music has a role... Music has an essential role in soccer. I think the powerful mix between music and soccer is amazing because both of these are almost like religions for people. It's a way of bringing people together and being together around soccer, but also culture and music. It means a lot. I'm really happy. I'm really grateful for the opportunity to be here.
1: Um, You know, earlier we were doing a show about... the songs of soccer, and we had talked about Manu Chao as some of the songs. Tell me what songs remind you of soccer?
2: Uh, you just
3: mentioned them. To me, those are the official World Cup songs, the Manu Chao songs. They have this absolutely frenetic energy. I love them.
1: So, for people who don't follow soccer, how would you describe the World Cup?
3: Well, I would describe the World Cup as being almost like a religion, because soccer is a fever, an indescribable magic. For us, it's almost like in our blood. Entire countries stand in support for 11 players and one ball, and it really serves to unite people. Soccer is magical.
1: One is what are your personal soccer moments?
3: I remember a lot of kicking and bruising because I've always been a bad soccer player. But I remember in school, during breaks I would play, or in gym class. Even during tours, eventually we would assemble a game with our technicians and other musicians. So soccer has always been there. Soccer is like this opportunity to get together and celebrate. It's also a very healthy competition.
1: Finally, the most important question. Who do you think is going to win the World Cup?
3: The World Cup, well, uh, this is the toughest question. There's two options here. On the one hand, I would love a Latin American country to win. Argentina, Spain, Mexico, or Chile. But I would also like the cup to stay in the African continent, which historically has been so punished. It would be great to see the cup stay in Africa. But who knows? Uh, let's hope this World Cup is something different and let's hope some roles change.
0: That was Colombian music star Juanes speaking with Jasmine from rehearsals for the World Cup opening ceremony in Johannesburg, South Africa. You can hear the entire interview in Spanish on our website, npr.org slash music.
1: That's all we have for today. You've been listening to Alt Latino, NPR's new exploration of Latin alternative music.
0: Remember, we'd like to hear from you. Check in with us on our website at npr.org slash music. I'm Felix Contreras.
1: And I'm Jasmine Garst. Thanks for listening.
0: Okay, how was that for a trip down memory lane? Okay, Jez, what kind of things come to mind when you think about those first early days and then the last 10 years?
1: People might not know this, but can I say what your idea for the show titled initially was?
0: Well, okay, in fairness, yes, you can, but in fairness, we had a list of names, okay, before we settled on all Latino.
1: Correct, and your initial pick, one of your picks was the Chorizo Club, <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> because you love chorizo in your breakfast, and I get that, but I was like, that's another show, bro, <laughs> like, that's just another show, Um <laughs> Yeah.
0: Um, With a different, different theme, different content. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you know, the shows I remember most fondly are the ones that were born out of like a lot of love and curiosity. Like the Cafe Con Leche show, in which we talked about the coffee industry and kind of what it's done in Latin America. There was like one in which we talked about Disney as like this force of imperialism in Latin America. You know, and then we had guests. Like, I loved interviewing Tego Calderón. Like, he guest hosted. We were in Puerto Rico, and, and we guest did a guest host with Tego. That, that was just so much fun. Oh, my God. We interviewed Pedro Almodóvar. I loved interviewing Pedro. I don't know, man. One of my favorite, I don't know if I can tell this, but one of my favorite anecdotes from our show ever is... So we're interviewing this guy. Can I tell the Chingo Bling story? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, like may I? Yeah, go, ahead. Ma- go ahead. So there's this there's go this comedian <laughs> rapper, I guess, uh, Chingo Bling in Texas. And so we go to
0: No, it was uh, the Pachanga Fest in Austin, Texas.
1: We go to Pachanga Fest and this guy has like this blinged out trailer. He must have spent Lots of money on that trailer. And we walk in, and and keep in mind, it is so hot. It is so freaking oh hot. It's Austin, Texas. And so we're sitting in this trailer that is just, it's nuts how blinged out it is. Uh, there must be like tens of thousands of dollars worth of merch in there.
0: and And a really nice guy. Really nice guy.
1: Such a nice guy. And our producer, Jessica Goldstein, is like, We're taping. We're taping the show. And our producer, Jess Goldstein, is like, guys, the air conditioner, it's just too noisy. We're going to have to turn it off. (laughs) And I can see Felix, like, una gotita de sudor, like a a drop of troubled sweat starting to go down Felix's forehead. And I'm like, okay. (laughs) I mean, it is like 98 degrees, but sure. And we are in a trailer. So we... We turn the AC off, and we start, and I slowly see Felix turn, like, like just green, and I'm just like, all I can think is, wouldn't it suck if Felix ruins $20,000 worth of merch right now, and then I look at Chingo Ling, the artist, and he looks really worried. He says <laughs> He's like no mamas. <laughs> like, let's just say we, we cut the interview off. But I, I remember just like the panic of like we're not a show that can afford to to get sick in Chingobling's trailer.
0: <laughs> it was heat exhaustion and in, in, in the very close quarters. Yeah, that's that's a good story, Jasmine. <laughs> okay, so let's listen to the uh, pilot. Okay. The very first pilot we did. Oh, of dead, gosh. Okay? okay. This is the pilot that got us the alt-latino gig, and this was a pilot for a show we were going to call La Pachanga.
1: Welcome and bienvenidos to La Pachanga, a weekly visit to the world of Latin alternative music, or rock en español, rock en nuestro idioma, or whatever you want to call your music. My name is Jasmine Garst, and I'm a producer for NPR's Tell Me More.
0: And I'm Felix Contreras, producer for NPR's Arts Desk and blogger for NPR's jazz blog, A Blog Supreme. Stay tuned to this podcast. We're going to share some music you've either heard before and really like,
1: or music you've never heard before and that you're really going to enjoy. La Pachanga will bring you music reviews, introduce you to new artists, and tell you about interesting bands that may be just around the corner from you. It's the world of Latin alternative, rock en español, brought to you from the furthest street corner in Latin America to the MP3 player in your hands.
0: This week, we'll check in on a new CD from a rapper from El Salvador by way of San Francisco, Santero. We'll also hear a bit of an interview with a very creative group from Peru that mixes Afro-Peruvian music, And Electronica.
1: And from the vaults, you'll hear from a pioneering rock and Espanol group, Mano Negra, which, by the way, is the soundtrack to my teenage years.
0: And now, La Pachanga.
1: Mm, Felix, what's this that we're listening to?
0: This is a new CD from a musician named Eric Santero, who goes just by his last name, Santero. The CD is called El Hijo de Obatala. Now, his name and the title of the CD are references to an Afro-Cuban music tradition but this CD is a mix of that and much much more
2: now, To
0: be honest, I have a hard time finding a place in rap.
1: Because you're old.
0: Yeah, because I'm old. (laughs) I I just don't get it Uh, in any language, Spanish, English. But I've heard some amazing hip-hop coming from Cuba that mixes tradition and the new sounds of the street, and this CD reminds me a lot of that mixture. I like that. Yo escribo canciones de amor, pero me con tu sabor para ser sincero, no hay otra como tú el mundo entero. He had an interesting background, because he came from El Salvador, he lived in New York, went back to El Salvador, then uh, was in San Francisco. So he mixed this CD in San Francisco with a bunch of musicians, Afro-Cuban musicians soul, and R&B singers. There's a Cuban rapper on this cut. So there's a lot of different influences, and it's uh, some of the sounds of uh, what's going on all over, the, all over Latin America. Yeah, it's a really hear.
1: nice, like, traditional bachata bed of music. I like that.
0: Now we get to a part of the podcast where we get to hear directly from the musicians making the music. Recently, I interviewed a member of a group from Lima, Peru, called Nova Lima. They're mixing electronica and hip-hop with the rich Afro-Peruvian cultural traditions. Peru had a history of slavery, and this music is a cultural legacy of that. Ramón Perez-Prieto told me that the band got its start over the Internet. The other three members were in London, Japan, Mexico City, and Lima, Y ellos usan transfers ellos uh, e-mails para mix su álbum juntos. Después del primer disco, que es justamente en este disco donde empezamos a hacer, como te comenté, un poco más de ritmos, quizás latinos, empezamos a introducir bastante las percusiones peruanas. De hecho, definitivamente, eh, con mayor énfasis con el cajón, que es algo que siempre nos atrajo a todos, algo muy peculiar y muy propio, digamos, del Perú. Y... Eh, Esto
3: de alguna manera, pues, fue lo que nos propulsó, digamos, a a, a lanzar el segundo disco, que es el Afro, y de alguna manera, como cuando Grimaldo estaba en Barcelona, Rafael estaba en Londres. Well,
1: what he's saying is that he recorded his own tracks in the cities where each were and used technology to make it all come together. Uh, they used technology of the internet to trade tracks and add things to them in their own studios. And it was an experiment, but it was because of the passion uh, that they all have for music, all of the band members, that they found a way to to make it happen. That's pretty amazing. She's telling a story of, of how the Spaniards brought her grandmother from Africa, you know, as a slave and branded her.
0: Nova Lima is doing something very interesting. They're mixing uh, traditions, they're mixing a little bit of the past with the present and sometimes the future, all at the same time telling the story of their own culture and their own history of their country in Peru.
1: Felix, how come you always get the good bands to review?
0: (laughs) We'll spread it around. (laughs) We'll do something about that. We'll talk to the producer.
1: You are the producer.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I forgot. And now it's time for the vault. D-
1: don't change the no, subject. No, I'm serious. Really, it's, <laughs> it's time for the vault. Okay. What What do we have in the vault?
0: Okay, hold on. Let me Let me go into the vault first. Oh God. Then I'm going to the vault. Got my keys. It
1: sounds like a basement. Oh, that's so fake. Okay, just so you know. First of all, that's the squeakiest door I've. Ever it's, it's an old
0: ball. I'll be right there. That's Felix
1: arthritis kicking in. <laughs> yeah, it's,
0: I'm, I'm almost. Can you go in more?
1: Okay, he's not moving from his chair. <laughs> Felix, you have to start taking Boniva. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, okay. That's, well, the point I was trying to make is that these are historic <laughs> and influential recordings. And what we'll do in our trips to the vault will be to look back at the music in the context of historical events.
1: This isn't a history podcast, though, okay? This is a music podcast.
0: Oh, okay, okay. Well, then here's some music. Okay, Jess, you know who this is?
1: Okay, Felix, now you're making me feel old because I grew up listening to Mano Negra and that is not historical. Don't do this to me. This isn't a classic.
0: <laughs> this is... It's, well, they're pioneering... They Agreed. They are a pioneering group. That's true. Ma- and uh, for those of you out there who are listening and who are not familiar with Mano Negra, they didn't come from Latin America. They sang in Spanish only part of the time, yet many rock and Espanol bands and fans from the late 80s and early 90s Consider them pioneering influences, mainly because of their mix of rock, rap, flamenco, and anarchist politics, mostly, and also because of their use of ragga and ska to propel people on the dance floor while soaking up the progressive politics.
1: And ladies might also know about um, Manu Chao and his fine self.
0: Okay, well, what did you tell them about Manu Chao? <laughs>
1: He's very fine that's all I have to say
0: Manu Chao <laughs> is the lead singer for uh, Manu Negra who has since uh, when the band broke up uh, in the mid 90s he's gone on for a very sex success uh, very sexy it's true a very successful <laughs> career on his own as a solo artist
2: Their
0: 1989 debut CD, which we're listening to, had reverberations all across Latin America, and they rocked hard until they broke up in the mid-1990s.
1: What are they up to now?
0: They've all spread out and done all kinds of different things, and when they broke up, they never really got back together again. And it's been mostly Manu Chao's solo career. Habla, cabrón, dando, sí. Thank you for joining us here in La Pachanga. We hope you enjoyed what you heard. This podcast depends on you. We're expecting your email for feedback, for band recommendations, and just to stay in touch.
1: Thank you, and we will talk to you next time on La Pachanga.
0: trip back in time down memory lane that was the very first pilot we did for all latino as we wrap up our celebration of our 10-year anniversary i'm with jasmine garz i do got to say and i'll say it publicly that this show would not exist without you and your ideas and your determination to push me out of my comfort zone and what i was doing professionally at the time and i'm so thankful and ever grateful for you doing that and getting this show started and and doing so much great stuff over the years. Honestly, this show would not be here if it wasn't for you. So I just wanna publicly thank you for all your support and all your work and for that little push to get us going. Thank you.
1: I have to say the same, you know, a different dynamic, but I was, what, I was like 25 when we started the show and I was pretty dead set on being a hard news reporter And like I had an editor, producer tell me, you're not gonna be able to be a reporter because you're not from this country and you don't understand. I remember being so hurt by that when that editor told me, I don't think you're gonna be able to be a reporter because you don't have your thumb on the pulse of American culture. And you told me, well, you do. Maybe it's not his American culture, but you do. And that was important.
0: We learned from each other. And thanks for walking down memory lane with me today.
1: This was so much fun. I'm so happy. Thank you for everything.
0: Thank you again to Jasmine Garst. And I also want to thank the managers at NPR who helped us get this started and all of our NPR and public radio colleagues for their support. Special thanks to my NPR music teammates. Thank you so much. And also to the many artists we have spoken to, covered and featured over the years. Thank you for your time. And most importantly, your music and mostly thanks to each of you, the alt Latino audience, whether you've been listening for 10 years or you just joined us this week, thank you for trusting us to bring you music conversation and the kind of energy you might need to live a life of positivity and inspiration, especially during these most trying times. You have been listening to Alt Latino from NPR Music. I'm Felix Contreras. Thank you for listening and be safe out there.